Welcome to our podcast, Don't Call Your Mother Dude, with Joe McGuire and Sarah Davis. All right, welcome to this episode of Don't Call Your Mother Dude with Joe and Sarah McGuire, Sarah McGuire Davis, yeah. Joe McGuire, and uh, we have a special guest today, Jocelyn Carey. Uh, just, McGregor. That is not McGregor. <laughs> what is your deal today? I am just, I'm, 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 I'm rejecting you all married names. You don't respect marriage. And I think that's very evident. An old school. Jocelyn McGregor. She hasn't been carrying in a long time, but um, anyway, we are so excited to have you today, Jocelyn. Thank you for joining us. And um, tell us just a little bit about yourself. So I'm a... I am a mom of six kids. Uh, my husband is in the military. Um, I have a, a daughter with physical special needs. Uh, she was born without a, she was born with a mostly disintegrated small intestine. And uh, I did not envision any of this <laughs> <laughs> right. as my life. And I love it. And I love it. And I think the basis to that is that I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. So there's that. You are. And um, we've known you. We, we met in church and have known you. Okay. So I think when I, I met you, I don't know if you were still in high school, but it would have been around like 96, 97. Yeah. Yeah. We, we moved. So my dad my dad was also in the military and we moved from Vicenza, Italy, where I did most of middle school to Colorado Springs in, I think, 94. Okay. So yeah, I, uh, I've known you for a long time, yeah. <laughs> um, but, really, oh, yeah. but really we've gotten to know each other more as adults than, than we did then, of course. Um, because I guess, you know, like when I met you, I was at your stage right now. I was raising small children. <laughs> so yes. yeah, yeah, not intersecting as much. Well, as we've had our conversations um, on our podcast over these last, I can't believe 20 episodes. This is our 21st um, recording. Yeah. And she said, I, I see that it, it seems like Jordan and Sarah really got that along the way. And how did you do that? And I was literally like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I can think of a couple of things, but my mind immediately went back to our conversation a few weeks ago and how your dad really instilled that in you so hardcore. And I was like, well, should I talk to Jocelyn or Steve? And I'm like, I'm going to talk to Jocelyn. <laughs> But I, I want to bounce some things off you, but, but I want you to share the, the story that you recounted to me of how your dad taught you to be a critical thinker. It, it was just, it blew my mind and I loved it and I just keep replaying it over and over. Um, let's start there and then we'll do a little Q&A with you and discussion on that. Okay. Well, um, okay. Clue me into like the exact story because like yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> my childhood was critical thinking with Steve yes. Carey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you were talking about how um, your dad taught you two things and one of them was not true, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, he, yeah, he told me two things. Okay. He told me one, when my mom bought a dress that uh, fit my figure at the age of 13, I came out of the bedroom 
And he said, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So that was one thing he told me. (laughs) So that went back to the PX. And then, and then the other thing he told me was like in second grade, uh, I had to make a timeline of my life because it had been long at that point. And, uh, and I said, dad, I, you know, as a military kid, I was like, where was I born? I, I knew I was born in Arizona, Fort Huachuca, but it's like, like, do you have a picture of the hospital? Or, And my dad told me straight out, uh, you were born in a jackalope hole. <laughs> uh, what? And he had a postcard of a jackalope. And that is what I put on my timeline and presented <laughs> to my class. <laughs> nice yeah every other response that I received from my father if I had a question was in the form of a question so (laughs) those yeah those are the two things that I can remember not (laughs) not being a question question. (laughs) so what were the questions I mean it it would just be now why do you think that Mm -hmm. uh now, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, a huge one. And if I ever went off topic, I knew I had, because he would ask a very snarky question. He would say, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> we never discussed the price of tea in China. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a clue, a question clue to say, you're off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back on topic. Yeah. And um, so he couldn't even say you're off topic. Right. right. <laughs> was, was I had to think that through as well. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, so I, he can, one of the more traditions he also would ask me was, um, you know, if upon entering the gates of heaven, and let's assume that someone is, you know, doing a roll call. Why would you say that you belong here? And this was just like a constant. He never gave me the right answer. Um, he just wanted to kind of feel out my response mm-hmm. throughout my lifetime. Or he stopped asking the question uh, around the time when I was like, Dad, I'm just going to tell him I know a guy. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> Going in the back door, Dad. <laughs> but yeah, things like that. It was just uh, he he really cared to see my progression of thought rather than to just instill this is the right answer. You need to say the right answer. So how are you carrying that over into your children? Are you using the same, um, I hate to use the word tactics, but um, it, it's, it's about provoking yeah, it is. curiosity, right? It is. it is. There's curiosity and wonder and, you know, and I'm doing it in, uh, in the light of a new thing. You know, my mom and dad had their dynamic Mm-hmm. And my husband and I have our dynamic. I've realized through my husband, uh, who's the oldest of eight kids, and thought this was just the weirdest thing ever. 
<laughs> that my dad never told me stuff. Um, you know, that there is a place for both. There's a, there is a place for real, especially in a large family, which is, you know, so it's more similar to his, our family dynamic is more similar. If you don't listen, there's a good chance you could die. So, um, <laughs> right. you know, I've, they had six boys and two girls and one of the girls didn't really admit that she was a girl until later, you know, before that was cool. And so, you know, it was just a lot of just rambunctious curiosity. And if you didn't listen, you know, you really could have gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, so he's, <laughs> so he's coming at it from that perspective and I'm coming at it from like well let's just let's just let them figure it out he's like no like not mm-hmm. right now yeah <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> right they gotta have clear instructions so that's been a huge a huge curve that I've had to to right. take on and uh, and it's been good but yes so critical thinking toddler age I would definitely say they need to know your voice needs to mean something. Mm. Wow. You know? Yeah. Uh, the quieter you can make your voice mean something, I think the more powerful, you know, it will be later on. I had, I had three children. So I have six children. They are packed together. Yes. <laughs> your oldest um, is... My oldest is going to be 10 this month. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so I had my first three children. So I had Finn and then 14 months later I had Thor. And then 13 months later I had Maximus. And, um, so I had three under two and a half who were not great communicators, (laughs) um, decidedly were not great communicators. (laughs) Right. And, and my husband was deployed, mm-hmm. he, so he, um, a lot, not the whole time, but mm-hmm. he was deployed a lot. And so trying to honor a spouse who thinks things and who knows things should be done a certain way because he's been in this dynamic way more than I have growing up with one brother. Right. Uh, this, you know, this was, this was huge. And um, so anyway, so the toddler age for your friend she's asking um they just really needed to know that there were consequences to their actions Mm -hmm. um we lived in el paso and our house was seven minutes away from the zoo and the zoo was a nice small zoo so we could probably we could probably walk it in about 45 minutes so i just used the zoo as a training ground i mean we went probably three times a week Wow. And if, if there was a hint of disobedience, a couple times we literally got to the parking lot. I opened the door. Somebody jumped out and just went a step or two too far, you know, for safety purposes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we turned around and went home. It's like, guys, you know, you have to. You have to understand this. And, you know, if somebody, you know, and eventually we got into the zoo. Um, <laughs> and if somebody wandered off too far, or if somebody was not willing to stay with the group, like they were 
you know, falling behind for whatever reason, we went home. And just having a place um, where my, you know, I didn't, I wasn't going to yell. I wasn't even, I wasn't upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was sad for them. I was sad for us and for our plans, but mm-hmm. it not getting to the point where I was upset, just letting them realize, oh, we have a standard mm-hmm. to bear. And we can't do things if we don't. And it really was about safety. That was, that's so important that it was about, yeah, it's about safety. Yeah. Yeah. And in teaching them, this is, I mean, it's a survival instinct, you know, so they're going to, Mm -hmm. to get that. Um, I I just love that. that. I love that you use the word training ground. When I was raised, we were just under the, the fear of God and the wrath of God and the wrath of our father. (laughs) And so, um, but and and I in my family we were um, you know like obedient children we listened but it was it was purely out of uh, fear of mm-hmm. the consequences and not consequences that we would think through of oh um, this could happen to me if I went out in the street it was just more like my dad will react that way so what I've seen happen um, as as the four of us grew into adulthood once dad's wrath was removed then what. Mm. right yeah and 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 so then you know some of us had better discernment and critical thinking skills than others um but you know they're depending on personality and internal dialogue and whatever um some had to get some hard consequences (laughs) you know yes yeah yeah and i think i mean there is with children small children you know it I can't say that my children at two and three thought oh if I run away from mom I'm gonna get hit by a car right Uh, like I can't I can't say that but they did have a real sense that mom mom was moving us forward and she's not so it wasn't mom's moving us forward until she gets angry right Um, it was and it still is I mean my my children are still very young um but they have a real question as to uh what I'm thinking about things Mm -hmm. Uh, I mess up a lot and um but they also get to see me repent Mm -hmm. uh, in that um so it's not you know do it right or don't do it right forget about it it's Mm -hmm. don't do it right and address it and you know you said something really powerful there I was listening to a podcast where Harriet Lerner was being interviewed the other day and she's written a book on um, why won't you apologize and Mm. um, the the discussion was all about how to apologize and and when and and whatnot but um, there was just this blip in the conversation of parents can get this can get this notion sometimes that if they apologize to their children they're viewed as weak and as Mm -hmm. um, like admitting they did wrong and that that will erode the authority structure or whatever and I was so happy that the conversation was all about no apologizing when you mess up as a parent engenders such deep respect for your children to see like you can own it when you messed up and that you're not 
becoming a hypocrite, you know, like, like modeling hypocrisy to say, well, I, I never do anything wrong. It's kind of that do as I say, not as I do scenario. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, there's, and on the other side of that mountain is, you know, apologizing when you shouldn't be apologizing. Well, for sure. Yeah. You know, so there, there's not good, there's unwise apologizing and there's, you know, just not apologizing, which is unwise. Right. Uh, it's, it's what, it's literally when you, you really, it's a clear offense or a clear um, mistake or, or, you know, like don't say, and I think I was bad at this at times. I would be like, you know, I'm so sorry. We have to do this right now. I, I apologize. You're inconvenienced or whatever. And that's not apologetic. Parenting is not the way to go. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't like my whole style. I can just like real quickly in my mind, go back to some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I, I want to ask you about is, um, you know, when, when I grew up, we were absolutely not allowed to ask any questions why it was, you'll have an opinion if, and when I give it to you. And I think that was the way that a lot of parents did, um, in the sixties and seventies. And, um, so I remember this really clear incident that one time my mom was visiting and my oldest son was about four, three or four. And we were getting ready to leave the house and go somewhere. And I said, Stephen, put your coat on. And he goes, why? And I said, we're going blah, blah, blah. And my mom turned around and she's like, children do not ask why your mother said, put your coat on. You just put your coat on. And I was like, whoa. And I, I looked at her and I had this moment of like panic. Do I say this in front of my child to my mom? Like, am I going to completely make a paradigm here? And so really quietly, like at an adult level, while he's putting his coat on, I said, we allow our children to ask why in our home and we answer them. And is that something that, that you do? I mean, like you said, your dad asked you why he asked you why he asked you why, and you're, you're carrying that out with, with boundaries. Um, do you let your kids ask why and, and challenge? I, I don't, I don't even know if it was even a challenging, it really was a curiosity question. Yeah. What so does why this, look like in what your What does the house? jacket mean? With the guidance of my husband, I, uh, I think I would have, without my husband in the, in the picture, I would have said, yeah, that's what I would have done. With my husband in the picture, I would, we say first response, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Second response, why? <laughs> <laughs> but just, you know, it is the training ground of, um, you know, because you do, there is, there are consequences to not being able to obey mm-hmm. and in, in a split second. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if my kids on a cliff, which they are often, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, turn around. Why? No. <laughs> turn around. Yes. <laughs> Right. Come back. Right. You know, why? No, no, no. Yes, ma'am. And then we'll have the discussion of why I wanted you off of that rock face, uh, which was crumbling under your feet. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that Mm -hmm. because I do want you to know why. But uh, yeah, I do think that that first do. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're, if you're, 
if your life doesn't require obedience to that level, mm-hmm. I, or if it doesn't require you to train for obedience to that level, mm-hmm. eh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. And we, I think our, our thing at that time was as long as you're in the motion of doing Mm-hmm. Um, the why was acceptable. It was never a no, I'm not going to why, or I don't have to, or I don't want to. It was mm-hmm. as long as you were in the motion of, yeah. um, then the, then the why was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of that is because, and I, and I'm, I mean, I'm wholly amenable to yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, no, sir. But I grew up in, um, this really rigid Christian school where the yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, often became um, misused and abused with a sarcasm. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't uh, yeah. as, I mean, Mike, you guys had to say yes, ma'am at times, mm-hmm. right? You did yes, ma'am, yes, sir mm-hmm. at times. Um, mostly as younger children. Yeah. I don't think we required it so much when you got older, unless you were in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit more required, but uh, so I was a little more loosey goosey about that, but it was mm-hmm. being in motion of the obedience, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's that, and I'm just, I'm floored at the, um, the amount of doors that those words open to, I mean, because we're a military family, you know, our, our community is just changing, um, every few years and the amount of people who want to know my children, um, because of of them being able to say that mm-hmm. off, you know, without prompting, mm-hmm. um, it, they are beloved by people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that, um, so it is, it is a training for, you know, get away from the cliff. It's also just, it's knowing how to speak and recognizing authorities. You know, you just, you want that for your child because, it keeps them safe, but it also opens so many doors for them exactly. in future um, in future situations. Exactly. I'll I'll tell you. I just I love following you and and um, and just seeing what you post. Not just like you know you post the the most lovely pictures of your children, which is just such a beautiful thing. But your your thoughts when you write. You did something the other day about their education and. Um, I just like, I soak in every word and this is why I thought of you because um, you're just, you're just such a great example of a mom who is consumed really by the, the love and rearing of her children. And it's just such a, I mean, it's beautiful to me and, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it so much. You know, so many of us um, grew up in homes where um, we didn't feel safe with our mom. And thank you for being the kind of mother um, that provides a safe home. And that, you know, that's really struck me right from the beginning of this conversation is those, those were the big teaching moments. You know, my mom, it's going to be for your children. My mom cares about me and there's consequences. And I, you know, I might not always get to go do what I do, what I wanted to do. But the lesson at the end of the day is we're going to do this. We're going to do it together. We're going to do it right. And we're going to be safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. While we do it. Yeah. 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 The safety thing is more my husband. Like, I, I used to scoff at that word. Ugh. Ugh. 
but now I'm like, oh yeah, that's really important. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm using that word, but at the same time, you're raising your kids in a way that is not safe by some people's standards of put them in a bubble and keep them in the bubble. Your yeah. kids are out there getting dirty, rough and tumble, experiencing hiking, fishing, camping. I'm mean, like, you're in a log cabin right now in the middle of nowhere. So that's why our sound is a little draggy at times. Um, yeah. Six kids, who would do that? Like I, I was listening to someone yesterday who, who decided they were going to camp in the backyard with their kids during COVID and they lasted four hours and went back in the house. They're like, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a lot of safe is a confusing word, I guess. Um, I'm thinking about big safety, but it's yeah, yeah. your kids experience everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't yes. shy away from life. No, we don't. I'm, I'm flabbergasted that we haven't had a, we have not had a broken bone yet. And I, I would check <laughs> that up to like nutrition. We've had, we've had stitches, um, mm. but, and glue. There's some like glue you can do. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that glue is amazing. That's really uh, yeah, we, we you know about that on hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, even sweet little whimsy is just out there with the boys doing what they do. You yes. know. Yeah. I, and I love that you're not treating her as a fragile china doll. Um, because she has those physical challenges. She, I just, every time I see that picture and it reminds me of, um, Sarah was the same way. Like uh, some of my best memories are the kids just running around in the backyard and there was more dirt than grass. And, um, the boys would, you know, like they take their shirts off and she'd take her shirt off. She was probably like two or three years old. And, um, you know, they're just running around next thing. I know she's in a diaper and I'm just kind of watching, like, how far is this going to go? And, (laughs) and they're doing dump trucks and they only had, they each had a dump truck and they're each doing their dump truck with the dirt. And she's like watching them and she's like getting really frustrated. Give me a dump truck to play with. Yeah. Because they were mean. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, they they were limited to dump trucks. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And they're sitting like under the, um, the swing set right and so they're digging and digging and and she looks over and she was nonverbal still at this point and and she just leans down and she uses her mouth as the dump truck she just scoops up the dirt in her mouth like like, okay well she's not crying she's not screaming she's not upset this is her solution and she's hanging in (laughs) yeah modern problems require modern solutions Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you need to look back. <laughs> but I I love that um you you give her those real life experiences and, and she's not, you know, in a bubble. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know how she could be without engendering so much bitterness, you know, from my from my children who don't have her issues and then from her you know it's like uh, you stay over here and watch them laugh and live life mm-hmm. um it'll be really hard and yeah. you know so she she's getting the full the full spectrum 
in my imagination, there's a full on possibility that she'll be a nurse or, or doctor or something because she is something in the medical field because she's just so comfortable in hospitals and she just has such a warm feeling towards her nurses. Oh. And, um, but at the same time, you know, she really just loves being with her brothers. Mm. Um, all my children, so my six children sleep in one bedroom. Wow. Um, and so we have two sets of bunk beds and then we pulled out the, the sliding closet doors and st stuck in two toddler beds, which like stick out from the closet. Nice. So it's just, it's just the sleeping room wow. and it smells. My kids, my older boys like to blame it on the babies. I heard them doing that the other day. Just somebody like, it's not the babies. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah she, i i asked her if she wanted to come out of the you know if she wanted because we have a guest we moved into this home that has we use it as a guest room and it's mm -hmm. purple i was like whimsy do you want to be in the pretty purple room where mommy put all the Degas photos mm -hmm. and or you know prints and she's like no <laughs> she's three yeah. and um and yeah she's she's like i'm gonna be in with my brothers for as long as i can be so oh, i love uh, it yeah i love it do you sarah have any questions for jocelyn are your kids like more often than not are they like friends and friendly with each other or is it like a wwe match every morning <laughs> So, so this is something, you know, so this is something that I have stated to my children. So it's not, I don't put this in the form of a question. I guess I can put it in the form of a question is, um, do you, you know, we will not work on outside friendships until we can manage these friendships. Wow. And, um, and uh and so i mean i've pulled my kids out of play dates because they were not they were sometimes you can use your siblings as like trading chips <laughs> like i'm gonna do something that this friend is gonna find funny to my mm -hmm. sibling mm -hmm. and i'm gonna gain some points with this friend and so and my kids have done that and um and they've been removed from you know, that, not from that friendship, but just from that situation. Mm -hmm. And, and we've let them know, this is the reason why you're being removed mm -hmm. um, at this time. And um, so it is, it, it, there's a lot of praying together because it's not, uh, you know, I have, especially um, my two oldest ones are, um, uh, so Finn has a lot of aspects of being a firstborn, but he is a philosopher. He tries to get other people to in, and uh, and then my born is responsible one and like knows the rules and <laughs> cares about the rules. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a you know there is a real personality dynamic as far as a struggle as to who who rules 
you know, in their sibling dynamic. And um, it's at this point, it's an it's an ongoing struggle, mm-hmm. but the you know the way we approach it that is through illusions. Do you want to be in this situation? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be? Who um, when when you do what you just did? How do other people respond? And um, you know, and they're just getting into you know they're just psychologically getting into. Um, we also read a ton of great literature, children's literature, and that is that and the scripture. And we read Proverbs every day, like just mm-hmm. we read the day of the month Proverbs. So between Proverbs and um, children's literature, um, we just have this inventory of examples to um to draw from mm-hmm. and to bring into our discussions. Um, there was a while when <laughs> it was it was really funny. We would talk about just the state of our heart um, in in discipline. Like when and which you know, does your heart feel like Captain Hook, who's just you know just like ran off into the distance in his sin? Like mm-hmm. running from the crocodile, are you feeling like Captain Hook, or are you feeling like the Grinch, mm-hmm. who's you know who repented mm-hmm. and his heart grew because because he realized the wrong that he was doing and he set out to make it right, and um, so and so for a long time, my um, Thor, who couldn't pronounce Grinch, would think thank you god for the fish. and it was he was saying but <laughs> oh. um you know just that the that story of mm-hmm. you know repentance and mm-hmm. uh because <clears throat> maybe that child in particular just has has because he is such a rule follower to be called out as a as not adhering to the rules or to have missed the point of the rules is really hard for him and mm-hmm. uh, and proverbs is not kind to right. people who uh are not going to uh who do not seek correction mm-hmm. it's not just that you know i got corrected it's do i seek mm-hmm. correction mm-hmm. that is there is the life uh, that we were meant for. Exactly. And, and what it's, it's very counterintuitive to where we are today in culture is to um, go into any situation to say, show me where I'm wrong. And I will humbly um, open myself to that because I want to know where I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could go down this whole other rabbit hole on culture today and where we're at with all of the racial um, tensions and just, being open to, I want to know where I'm wrong. I want to learn. I want to be corrected here, but listen, we could do that for another hour and you have to go pack up your family. (laughs) Um, Oh, but I did, I wanted to, I'm just thinking of your friend. Um, So I just wanted to lay out real quick what I wrote in that Facebook post about like the stages of um, what, 
what I understand classical education to be and mm -hmm. that and classical education really seeks to infuse critical thinking um, into not just the students but the you know the families mm -hmm. who are on this journey because it really is a family journey uh, whether your kids in a classical school or you're homeschooling mm -hmm. um, because you know, because you can't do what what you were saying the parents of the '60s and '70s were doing. You can't do that. And um, so, to your friend, um, the, the just the ages. Think of the all the question words. Um, ages two through ten. Uh, we call, it, but ages two through ten. Um, she calls it the parrot stage. We would just say they seek the more they can answer the questions of who what where and when and memorizing facts and just soaking up all the information mm -hmm. that they can using those questions whether it's science or poetry or just this just being able to narrate a story back to you mm -hmm. um you know just really allowing them to grapple with those who, what, where, and when. Now, as an adult, we should not seek to discuss anything mm -hmm. <laughs> until we have established the grammar of the situation, which is who, what, where, and when. I mean, can you imagine if Facebook would go out of business if, <laughs> if right. everybody had that standard right. to their posts? You know, yes. I've established the grammar of the conversation now now let us move on to where kids are typically kids psychologically are typically ready to take on the how and the why um and the other the other way i described it was um for the younger kids imagine plotting out plotting the points for a connect the dot that is the who what where and when okay you're just and it looks chaotic it looks nuts but then you bring along the questions of how and why and this connects the dots these are the lines that connect the dots of thinking and so you know once you have the grammar established then you can start seeing how are they related to each other and oh and if I don't connect them in the right way, then I've lost the picture. I've right. lost the meaning. So, you know, that is another way that, you know, you can, you can not have your facts and then you can try to, to not connect your facts in a way that is rooted in meaning. Right. Um, and so that's another way to fail. So you have to, you know, you have to be <laughs> critical of mm -hmm. of how how am i connecting these and is this the the right way and you do this through comparison and contrast and um there's a, a whole other hour of conversation right there <laughs> and then right. the, the last phase which kids are again typically um ready for but this is for adults also you know after you have connected all those facts you're not done it's still just the two-dimensional image and sometimes we think we're done with the two-dimensional image we know everything 
now in high school at that age, they're ready for the, so what? Mm. Does this even matter? You know, is this, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Right. To wrap this up neatly, you know, um, why, why should this even be discussed? Mm-hmm. Um, is this the right place for, for these, you know, for this subject matter? Right. And, you know, again, um, so as I envision this, it's like you, you're about ready to hang your connect the dot. You guys have seen like those thousand dot. Yes. Connect, those yeah. are time consuming. Right. And I, if, if I ever had the patience to do one, mm-hmm. I would hang it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> this, this, the dynamic of so what the debate stage of, you know, this is when you are ready to debate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just imagine the image coming off the page. So imagine you did a jaguar or something. Imagine the jaguar leaping out of the page and walking you uh, into the jungle. That is that is the thrill of building building conversation, building thinking rightly, hmm. and. You know, and you can acknowledging the pitfalls along along the way here's here's the test you know if you're doing a, a so what and no one's engaging with you from another perspective mm-hmm. then you've probably fouled up in your connecting of the dots wow. in your why that's pretty because powerful because people you know they'll I'm sure there are people out there, they'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if people are not even willing to engage <laughs> with your, um, your fighting stance of so what, then y- you might need, you know, you might, that is another reason to, to go back. To go back. Yeah. And examine, or you know, uh, uh, and take the people who you think should be engaging with you mm-hmm. negatively, take them back with you to the why and how, yeah. and see where they, you know, where they would say, "Oh, I think you attached, you know, number three to number twenty-seven right. in this um, in this image." So very beautiful, very beautifully put in in the um, word picture. Thank you so much for that. That's, that's just amazing. Um, and I, I, I just picture it so clearly, you know, and, and you cannot do it in a silo. You have to, you know, like you said, it has to be the family dynamic so that you get input um, mm-hmm. because none of us are wisdom unto ourselves, even though many of us think we are. <laughs> yes, felt yes. pointed. <laughs> many. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's just the world we live in today. Many of us think that we are the final authority without input from anybody else, you know? So, um, yeah, I, you know, I can do it too, but it's that cognitive, that's where that cognitive dissonance comes in, you know, when you're, you're not getting input um, Mm -hmm. or hearing, hearing input. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I just love the time we've had with you today. We've had a few little technical drags here and there, so we'll try to see if we can edit 
If not, I just might put it up there raw with some, you know, disclaimers like Jocelyn's in the mountains, but this is gold. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I love this. This has been great. Absolutely. And um, you're, you are talking about starting a podcast. If you do, I'm tell you, girl, I'm going to listen to every episode. Um, so I, but I don't know how you would do that with what you're already doing, but I know if anybody can do it, it will be you. (laughs) Yelling questions. Yes. Do you have everything done? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Always always in the form of a question. That's right. Um, Well, thank you, ladies. This has been delightful. Thank you so much. Enjoy, uh, be well, and and thank you so much again. God bless you. All right. God bless. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This has been Don't Call Your Mother Dude with me and my mom. If you want to get in contact with us and tell us some stuff you'd like to hear us talk about or stuff you want to talk to your mom about but don't know how, you can email us at don'tcallyourmotherdude at gmail.com or find us on social media at DCYMD podcast on all of the things. And um, we love you. Mean it. Bye.